Welcome to Soundprints Audio Magazine, a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Soundprints is underwritten by the American Printing House for the Blind and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. Welcome to Soundprints for the week of January 21, 2024. This is Patty Cox, and I am your host for today's program. The Greater Louisville Council of the Blind will hold its quarterly meeting on February 2nd at United Crescent Hill Ministries, 150 South State Street, Louisville, from 4.30 to 8.30 p.m. and on Zoom from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. Dinner will be at 5 p.m. and will include spaghetti, salad, homemade croutons, and dessert. Dinner is $6 per person and order ahead for a carryout. The program will be at 6.30 p.m. and will include a speaker from TARC with discussion of the features that we would like to see included in the new provider contract. Note, this is not a gripe session. The KCB Zoom number is 669-900-6800. Three, three. The meeting ID number is 8629-889-6972. Please make your return rides between 8.45 and 9 p.m. For more information, call 502-895-4598. Kenny Jones is a retired teacher from the Kentucky School for the Blind. Kenny is now serving as a coach at the school. He presented a most interesting program on KSB Athletics at a recent meeting of the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. Listen to his talk on page two. At the beginning of every year, everyone is always interested in how to make exercise a bigger part of our lives. At the roundabout on January 5, Leslie Spoon from Orlando, Florida presented a program about easy ways to exercise more at home. Enjoy some of her tips on page 3. Soundprints is heard 12 times each week on ACB Media 1. Listen there by using the ACB Link app on your phone or on your Alexa device by asking her to open ACB Media and then choosing number 1 when prompted. We're heard at 8 p.m. Sunday, 8 a.m. Monday, 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. on Tuesday, 4 a.m. and 4 p.m. on Wednesday, 10 p.m. on Thursday, and 1 a.m., 10 a.m. and 1 p.m. on Friday. You can also listen to Soundprints on your Victor Reader Stream by searching for Soundprints in the Victor Stream database. Find Soundprints in the list of podcasts in the ACB Link app. Just download the app to your iPhone, open it, and choose Podcasts from the menu. Scroll down the list to find Soundprints. Listen anytime, 24 hours a day, on the KCB Information Line by calling 773-572-6318. Be sure to check the opening menu for available shows. 
We have also begun posting some shows from the recent past in addition to the most recent show. For more information about Soundprints, comment on a recent show, or make a suggestion for a future topic, or to receive a free subscription on CD playable on your standard CD player, call KCB at 502-895-4598. Page two. All right, I want to introduce our program for tonight. And uh, I've known Lion Kenny Jones for quite a while. Uh, when when you're involved with the Alumni Association at the Kentucky School for the Blind, you not only know people who graduated maybe 30 or 40 years before you did, but you also know. The, the students at the school, you know, they might be in the third, fourth grade, but you hear their names and know and get to know a little bit about them as they get. So by the time they graduate, uh, you're already familiar with them, although they may never have heard of you. And uh, Lyon Kenny um, graduated from the School for the Blind after being a very good athlete there and then went to L and uh, got his... Uh, teaching degree in both uh, vision um, and uh, bachelor and master's degree and uh, came back to KSB uh, starting, I think you started as as a phys ed, right? Nope. Oh. Started teaching kids with multiple disabilities. Oh yes, back then they, they, KSB had a a program where uh, students with multiple disabilities were uh, on the campus and, and Kenny worked with them eventually went to uh, the a coach uh, in in the school as a wrestling coach and so on and then um, went a little bit further and became athletic director at the school for the blind I want Kenny to kind of explain what uh, the athletic director at the school had to do because you're not only doing what's on campus but all uh activities with other schools, whether they be public or whether they're schools for the blind uh, that come in to the state or whether you're taking a team <coughs> out to some other school for the blind for competition. And um, he, he did that for quite a few years and then he uh, became uh, a consultant in our uh, outreach department at the school, and which meant he traveled over the state to meet with uh, vision teachers who were working in public schools with blind and visually impaired students and did a super job with that and uh, he uh, retired and now has gotten back a little bit involved with uh, the uh, athletics again at KSB but uh, have you finished your cake, Kelly Kitty? I'm well done. All right. Well, Lion Kitty Jones is going to give us a little information about the athletic programs over the years at KSB. So, all right. Well, Adam did a pretty good job of uh, introducing me, but um, I'm going to make a couple of points of clarification. Athletics has always been a part of who I am, what I've done. I guess since the age of 12 years old. And it even included um, when I was teaching, when I've done these various roles. I, when I stepped back on campus as a staff member, 
uh, my former wrestling and track coach immediately grabbed me <laughs> and, uh, you know, he said basically, he didn't ask me, he said, you are going to be my assistant wrestling coach. <laughs> and then after a year, um, there were a couple of track coaches uh, and we decided that we would coach track together after, uh, after my first year. Uh, we took that program over a few years, but no, but really athletics, I've always enjoyed athletics. Um, like, you know, of course, you know, I'm a Cardinal fan. I just love athletics in, in general. And that love did come uh, from, from the school and my participation at the school. You know, KSB does have a rich, what I call a rich athletic uh, program. Um, and I'm going to share a little bit about the history of that briefly. Uh, but athletics at KSB is sort of a kind of a, like a microcosm of the school and how it's evolved over the years. And the reason I say that is it's kind of ironic that I'm the wrestling coach again. Uh, and I never planned on doing this. But in, in my role as a wrestling coach this year, how we've gone from a school that in the early days KSB had the first wrestling team and of course the only kids that participated in wrestling for the school were the students at the school but the kids that I am taking to a meet in Indianapolis this Thursday and I will be taking to uh, Jack, uh, Jacksonville, Illinois next week are composed of four kids that do not even, um, they wrestle for their public schools here in the state of Kentucky, and only two of them are wrestle for the School for the Blind. Now, how did that happen over the course of history? And that's only a microcosm of how services at the School for the Blind, not only Kentucky, but nationwide, has, has uh, kind of changed. Well, let me explain how my, my knowledge of history of KSB athletics in general. And it's basically from two sources, primarily. That is, Adam mentioned how the Alumni Association brings organizations together, and it definitely does. Um, my knowledge of history of athletics before 1973 comes from discussion with former wrestlers to go way back until probably when wrestling began in 1946 at KSB um, and colonels, reading the Kentucky Colonel where students wrote about their experiences and trips um, through that those two experiences. There's a little bit of brief history that Adam touched on of there are some articles and there are some trophies that Adam touched on that go way, way back to the early 1900s. My knowledge is very limited there. The most knowledge I have, though, is from my experience, and that began when I started wrestling and running track from KSB in 1973, of course through my experience in coaching at the school and through being an athletic director at the school. So 1973 through the present, my knowledge is vast. Um, so, as Adam mentioned, uh, 
I do, I am aware that KSB participated in track and field and uh, football. And it's my understanding that KSB actually had a very good football team uh, in the early 1900s. Of course, there's something, and in, in, in if you all have any knowledge of football, there's something that was introduced that probably put a stunt to that participation. You know, any of you all think of how football was played in the early 1900s forward and what rule? The forward pass, exactly. Yeah. Beginning football was just a bunch of people just trying to get 10 yards, or they didn't, no, there wasn't even a 10 yard line at that time. They were just trying to push to the goal. And that's all it was, big scrum of people. And then they, you know, something in the early 1900s called the forward pass, and, and that's probably what stopped KSB from having a, 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 track or a football team. But they did participate against public schools as well as track and field. Uh, of course, KSB is most known, and you all probably have talked to people who know about the wrestling program at the Kentucky School for the Blind. It began as a result of Paul J. Langan. Many of y'all, I'm sure, familiar with Paul J. Langan, and he both basically was the person who revolutionized the, the, the school and brought it into the modern ages. In, uh, I think, the spring of 1946 is when KSB had established this wrestling team, and it was the first team in Kentucky who began the sport of wrestling. Uh, there were other schools for the blind that wrestled around the country, and I don't know if he got this idea of how he decided that KSB would have a wrestling team, but it did. Now, since KSB was the only team in Kentucky that had a wrestling team, <coughs> it had to travel to other schools. It's also during this time in, in, in a lot of states, most states, that schools for the blind were dominating other, uh, other, other schools, uh, public schools in, in, in wrestling. Um, KSB wrestled against schools from, goodness, all over the country. A lot of schools from the northeastern part of the state, uh, Virginia, Maryland, Overbrook, some of those schools, as well as south as well. Uh, Tennessee, Georgia, Texas, that I've, I've seen tournaments, and there were, there were um, conferences, you know, just like you have football conferences now, uh, there were conferences, and, and KSB actually belonged to a conference in the early day. I think they actually belonged to a couple of conferences. One was in the northeastern part of the, the, the country, as well as the uh, more kind of the south part of the country. But it was in 1957 that this um, organization was established called the North Central Association of Schools for the Blind was established. Uh, it's probably 1956 when the conference was established. 1957 was when they first had their conference championships. This conference initially was composed of 12 teams. Uh, and it ranged from teams as far west as, of course, Nebraska. Carol knows, Nebraska. Because yeah, my dad was a wrestling coach. That's Ken right. Yeah. Kentucky was the furthest south team at that time. South Dakota was the furthest north team at that time. And uh, at least north and then Michigan uh, on, on the kind of the eastern part of that and all the states in between. 
this conference uh, is conference that still exists today with some changes uh, in states that I'll get into in a second. Um, but uh, that is the conference that the school still uh, belongs into. It remained a 12-team conference until, until about the, probably the early to mid-1980s. Um, Kentucky uh, has always had a strong wrestling team in, in, in that conference. Um, and strong cheerleaders, and, too. Well, I'm going to get into cheerleading. <laughs> Primarily, though, wrestling was the predominant sport. The girls, I guess it was believed, and Adam could probably shed some light on this work, too delicate to participate in, you know, vigorous activity. Um, also, the school, or also the conference, and I don't know when it was established, it's track and field. But wrestling was the primarily primary dominant sport. Track and field was a secondary sport. And its main purpose was to get kids in shape for wrestling. <laughs> That's kind of the way it's that was kind of the way it was done. Um, as I mentioned, the girls were in this kind of a evolution of female sports. They were too delicate. They did do something that was called play day. And I don't know exactly what play day was. I guess it may have consisted of some type of activities, maybe some minor type of competition. Adam could probably share some light on what play day was. I know that Carla can, um, what play day actually was. But it wasn't much of, much of anything <laughs> uh, in regards to athletics. Um, it wasn't until the mid-1960s that girls began to cheer, and cheer competition began. Kenny, yeah. can I just insert something? Sure. Uh, of course, a, a lot of you may have known Will Evans, who was superintendent at the School for the Blind and was a member of this club for many years uh, during the 70s and 80s and so on. But uh, Will Evans' wife, Barbara yes. Evans, was the first uh, cheerleading coach at the School for the Blind back around 1962, I think. And, and his wife uh, was the one that really started the cheerleading program at the school. Okay. Hmm. I didn't know that. I didn't know that she was so. She but was I also one. can mention, you know, because we have Carol here, Herman Davis yeah. uh, was a wrestling coach at the Nebraska school, and he actually wrestled at Kentucky as well. Um, he was also he the also, Nebraska cheerleading coach for a couple of years. We came, we came back and competed a couple different times in the conference. And I remember watching Kentucky squad going, oh my gosh. I had like three girls and they had like a huge squad that was amazing. <laughs> um, now, I, it's, it's so much history. Well, let me, let me keep on going here because I know our time is low and I won't touch on some of this craziness that <clears throat> happened in our conference. But um, like I said, our North Central Association, uh, you know, it, it primarily consisted of these, these 12 schools until the early 80s. Um, oh, let me touch on cheerleading because cheerleading, they had what was called a 
queen candidate. Not an outstanding cheerleader, what we have now. They have a queen candidate. So that kind of tells you that who were primary, well, who were the participants in cheerleading? If they had a queen candidate, it was girls. And it stayed that way until, goodness, probably the, there were some, maybe a school had maybe one cheerleader but that was a male, but it was primarily a female dominant sport until the late 80s. And then you started seeing males pop up. Now you have, you know, several males that you might see on various teams. Um, but this queen candidate is an interesting thing, and I won't get into detail about the queen candidate, but um, basically the, the person was judged from the time they stepped on campus until the competition was over. They weren't judged on their, only on their cheer performance, but all these other categories like the quorum and all this other stuff and not primarily on their cheer competition. My wife, Maria Jones happened to be the first outstanding cheerleader hmm. when they changed that competition, and that was in 1979. Um, track and field uh, began, began to gain more popularity in probably the late 60s, 70s, and there were schools that uh, kind of, you know, we're more interested in track and field than, um, than, than Kentucky was, but Kentucky didn't really start focusing on it until the, the, the mid-70s in which we won our first conference championship in 1976. Um, as I mentioned, uh, the, the, the conference did begin to add in membership and delete membership. Uh, in 19, around the 1980s, uh, the Tennessee school, they joined the conference. Uh, Arkansas followed soon after that. Then we had some schools that dropped out of the conference. Um, and the reason for that is the schools dropped out is because of their population of students. Some schools, well, for instance, Michigan. Michigan was a very dominant school in our conference. Uh, they won state championships in Michigan in the in the 60s, um, and basically they ended up dropping out of our conference because their school was closed down. Uh, you had Iowa that was a member of our conference, and they eventually, well, they still participate. I, that's a different story that I'll get into when it comes to the students. Uh, Nebraska. Um, does not no longer belongs to the conference because they basically don't have a school. And then you do have well, a school. They closed and they reopened as a different yeah. little different animal. Yeah, they're not That's a, a school. They're thing. not a school for the blind, basically. Only, only yeah. a school for the blind only. So you have these changes in structure that have led to changes within our conference. In two thousand, this is an interesting point to why we can have that I reason I can take four kids that don't even go to the school for the blind on a wrestling trip or any other meet uh, is because of a change to our bylaws in the in 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 the in the Constitution, and this was really pushed by two people: one being Dr. Ralph Bartley, 
and one from, I can't even think of the superintendent from Iowa. But our Constitution originally said you had to be a enrolled student at the school to participate in athletics. Well, Iowa was basically providing services outside of their school to students across the state. And Dr. Bartley kind of wanted us, moving us into that service model as well, pushed for our conference to change its bylaws to say, if you are a student uh, that is uh, you don't have, basically, that you do not have to be enrolled, but if you're a student who are blind and visually impaired in that state, you can participate on that, in that, within that school's athletic team. So uh, that change opened the door up for kids who are, who are, uh, who are not enrolled at the school to participate on at the school for the blind. Yeah. Kenny, yeah. um, could you describe your time as an athletic director for the school and the type of tasks that you had while you were doing that? Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's, it's basically the same task as any athletic director at any other, you know, at any uh, other place. Kentucky, the School for the Blind, actually in, is a member of the Kentucky High School Athletic Association. Um, and as a member, we had, and it's not quite the same now because we no longer participate against kids from public schools. But when I was athletic director, we did participate in wrestling against kids from public schools. So we had to follow all the regulations as any, you know, athletic director from any other public school which meant I had to go to all their meetings and all that stuff, but that's beside the point. But, you know, um, you, you have to make sure that your coaches are following all of the trainings that are required, and there are numerous trainings that are required that coaches have to undergo. Um, you know, that's the primary responsibility. In about 2012, Title IX was really pushed through the state, you had to make sure that your school was uh, following Title IX. Now they don't, KSB doesn't have to do that anymore, but I did. <laughs> you had to make sure that your school was in compliance with Title IX and all these forms and documents you had to fill out. Um, of course, when it came to coaches, you had to, you know, evaluate your coaches. Um, planning any trip, had to plan for transportation. Um, shoot, so many things you had to do. Uh, make communication was key. Had to make sure when a trip came up that all of the individuals, and it's different on a school for the blind than uh, even in public school. I'm sure they had certain people. You had to make sure that dormitory staff, food service staff, nurses, um, administration, were all aware of any trips that you went on, which students went on the trip, um, you know, arrangements of when they're leaving, when they're getting home, communicate with parents, all of that information. Um, of course, when you were hosting a meet, that was a whole different ball game there. You had to make sure, oh, that's a pain <laughs> when you're hosting something, especially when you're hosting a conference meet. 
uh, where you have basically 200 guests coming to you, uh, that's a whole different other ball game to make sure that they know where they can stay, whether part, part of them on your campus, part of them in hotels, uh, a, a, arranging um, all the things depending upon whether it was swimming, track, wrestling, um, you know, getting judges and people for that and um, arranging for their meals. Uh, it's just, oh, goodness, I'm, I'm glad I'm not doing it anymore. Uh, it's, it's just a whole, just all those kinds of things, when it, uh, all of that. Yeah. I think we're kind of running short on time. Does anybody have any questions for Kenny? But I, I will tell you that over the years, you can see how things have changed from, from primarily kids at your school being involved to being able to provide services to kids throughout the state, how that evolution has, uh, has taken place and, 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 and changed what we do. And, and um, that evolution has changed not only KSB because, I mean not KSB, but not only athletics, but that's kind of a microcosm of how schools for the blind serve kids in general. Since we have two outstanding wrestlers in our clubs, there any chance we could get you all to put on an exhibition <laughs> wrestling? Each other? Well, Adam has to get down to his state championship. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. They they told me I was so good. It'd be nice if they had two of me. So I tried. To <laughs> 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 we're, we're worried about the aspect. Kenny, do they still award? Is it like? Coaches award each year at the conference. No, there's not a coaches. There's all kinds of athletes awards. Because Dad, back in I think it was '88, that is because the wrestling, the big wrestling cheerleading conference was that usually like, and it might have been in Little Rock, Arkansas, but Dad won like some big award. That year, because I could have been just an award that year for him, you know. Uh, and we've he'd been we've done that periodically for coaches that retire and that sort of thing. But, oh, that could be, you know. It's been so long ago. Mm -hmm. And I guess one other thing that I didn't mention is, uh, I guess you all ought to know, is that, you know, we've gone basically from a, a wrestling track and field conference that now we and cheerleading now they offer. Uh, Bowling is a sanctioned sport of the conference, first, sec first year for that, uh, as well as a, it's not a sport, but it, <laughs> it's a, swimming, swimming is a sport, but we offer public speaking, it's called forensics. <laughs> yeah, swimming, that was sad when the pool had to yeah, it's go. A different Both story. my boys loved being on the swim swimming team. team. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Kenny. Appreciate it. Hi, Adam. Thank you. Yep. Hi, Kenny. Thank you. I appreciate it. Page three. We're excited to have Leslie Spoon with us from Orlando, Florida. I'm sure it's real nice and warm there. She's going to talk uh, to us tonight about 
um, moving around and getting a little exercise in your home and just um, uh, you know just the encouragement of get up and get moving doesn't even have to be a whole lot just walk around in your house and of course she does several of the calls on ACB and I wish I could come to more of those. Leslie, I'll just uh, let you um, tell us uh, what you want to, us to know about um, getting up and getting moving and hey. how important it is. Well, thank you, Eric and Carla and Adam and, and everybody. I appreciate you inviting me. Um, I have to tell you, it is not warm Orlando. So <laughs> it, it, it's cool Orlando. So um, we're, we're kind of, I'm sure we're not as cold as you, but I'm very wimpy. So it's cold to me. It is a new year. That's always the time that we talk about getting up and getting moving and exercising and diets after we've had such a wonderful time over the holidays. This time of year that, you know, um, we love to work on ourselves. It may not be you might want to gain weight. You might want to lose weight. You might want to... Um, work on some strength training, you might want to work on cardio, you might want to work on just moving, uh, you might have been sedentary for many months, uh, life gets in our way. As, as, as much as we love working out, I, I'm very weird, I love, love, love working out, <laughs> sometimes life gets in our way, you know, um, and, and parties get in our way and just uh, health issues get in our way, you know, this nasty COVID and and all that gets in our way, and and we've got to rebuild and and take it easy and not be hard on ourselves. And um, it's hard to get back into it, but it's so easy to get out of it. You want to do baby steps. So the first thing I want to tell yourself is give yourself permission to fail, to say it may be a month that just may not be good for me. This may just be a real bad month. I'm not going to be able to work out a lot or I'm not going to be able to walk around my house. But then you're going to come back and say, I feel great the next month. I've taken that time off. I'm energized. I feel like I want to start strength training. And you might pick up some resistance bands or some Coke cans or water bottles whatever you have in your house, and start doing a little exercise, a little bit of resistance training. Whatever makes you feel good, that's what you should do. If it's just marching in place, that's wonderful. If it's snapping your fingers, you know, everybody can snap, right? Everybody snap, right? And if you can't snap, clap. If you can't snap, you can clap. There you go. I have a friend that can't snap, so if you can't snap, clap. <laughs> so what do you think we're working? You're working even clapping or snapping. You're working your hands. You're working your fingers. You're working your hands, right? So everybody yeah. feels something, correct? Yes. Good. So you might just go around through your house. You might be snapping. You might be clapping. You might be toe tapping. Anything you're doing, you're working out. So just as easy as that. And you might say, gosh, I'm really not working out, Les. But, you know, you are. You, you really are because you're snapping. You know, you might be snapping and talking to somebody as you're, as you're talking. You're snapping or as you're, cla you're talking or clapping or you could be toe tapping. You're still, you're moving your body. You guys moving with me as we're talking? Sure. 
You guys should be moving something. Toe tapping, snapping, or clapping, yeah? So you guys are yep. moving some well, part of your body. It doesn't have to be all three. <laughs> I'm not going to get complicated on you. That's, that's, that's in the ACB community clause that I do. We get, we get a little bit more complicated. We're going to take it easy tonight. We're working. All that it's doing for you is you're working. You're working. If you're tapping, you're working your ankles. You're working your legs. If you're clapping, you're working your chest muscles because you're clapping, opening, closing, you know, with your hands. If you're snapping, you're working your fingers. So you're working one part of your body. Now, that wasn't real hard, right? And you could be talking. Carl and I could be having a conversation. I might be snapping my fingers, which might be a little hard. But I probably toe tap. I usually toe tap when I talk to Carla because, you know, just, you know, we talk a lot. We, we chat. We're chatting. So I usually toe tap. So I'm working some part of my body as I'm talking to Carla, which now I'm working out a little bit. So a lot of people think working out, oh, my gosh, I have got to be on a machine for hours and hours and hours. You really don't. Good. You know, um, you can tap to the side. You can tap to the front. Like I just said, you can clap your hands as you're talking to your friends, you know, or if you're on a phone, on a Zip call, because we're on a lot of Zip calls. I get up and I usually squat when I'm on my Zip calls, you know, because I get tired of sitting. I'm not a very good sitter. Now, Dan, my husband, he can sit for hours. I don't know how he does it, but he can just sit and sit and sit. But he toe taps. I'm like, you need to do something because you're just sitting on your booty there. <laughs> you know, but you're still working out. You're still, like, work out. Everything's, oh, my God, work out. Oh, no, that's a bad word. <laughs> Exercise. Ah! <laughs> you know, so people get freaked out with those words. A diet. Oh, I got to go on a diet. Oh, my gosh. You know, it's a lifestyle journey. I like to call it lifestyle journey. Because if you sit that way, you know, it's your own journey. You might be working on something for a while, um, and you finally you, you accomplishment, accomplish it. You know, it might be... I want to gain, this is really strange to say this, but some people want to gain weight because they want to gain the muscle mass. So they've got to gain the weight to gain the muscle mass. Some people want to lose because they want to lose that weight. They want to lose a little bit of their muscle mass, their body fat, their BP, you know, their BMI, um, which is your body mass index. So it depends on what you want to do. But don't think of exercise as a bad word, you know. So, you know, we were tapping, we were clapping. You're having fun, right? You're laughing, you're talking to your friends, right, everybody? Hello. <laughs> you guys have to talk back to me. <laughs> I don't like to talk to myself. So you guys having fun? Are you tapping? Are you clapping? Are you snapping? Waving my hands. Yay. Tapping and clapping. Good. Wave your hands. So okay. you feel like you're moving a little bit, right? And you are. We're moving, right? Yeah, you can do arm circles. You can do um, circle your feet. Whatever works for you. I told my mom, she's 92 this year. And she's. I told her, when you're sitting in your chair, mom, just flex and point your toes. Mm. So it's not a bad word anymore, workout or exercise. Or you can say your life journey, lifestyle journey. So it's it's really important to think of it as a lifestyle journey and not working out or exercising. Unless you're really, really into it and you're crazy like me. And then you like to really work out, um, or you're, are you practicing for a marathon or 
you're doing the Iron Man or something like that, then you're then you're like really crazed and just working out constantly. But otherwise, everybody can tap, everybody can snap, everybody can do anything they they want to do easily. And you're working out. It's baby steps. You might work out work up to and say, okay, I'm really bored now. So then you might want to start marching. You know, so you're sitting in your chair, raise one leg, and then the other leg. Everybody marching? Oh, we're marching. You're yes. marching. There you go. Good. Thank you. <laughs> so now you're marching. And now you're talking and marching. So how's it going today, Patty? What have you been doing? Patty never talks back to me. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go to Debbie. Debbie, what you been doing today? I had to work. <laughs> you had to work? I thought I was walking around at work. There you go. See, you were walking at work. You were having your lifestyle journey at work. <laughs> so you might say, everybody stop marching. You might say, well, gosh, that was fun. I've worked out. I've done a little workout. Or like Debbie, she was at work and she walked around work. So um, if you guys work, you know, walking at work, taking the stairs uh, instead of the elevator, if you go yep. to Target or a store, uh, Kroger, I know you guys have Kroger's, you know, park a little bit further or if you get the Uber or, or your paratransit, you know, walk around each aisle, walk up and down each aisle. You're getting a little bit of workout. You're getting you're getting your lifestyle journeys happening. Yes. Well, I yeah. worked last night when I took out the garbage. There you go. Yeah, I heard <laughs> I worked, you. Yeah. I worked out when I took out the garbage. It was cold, you know. Like I said. <laughs> with no jacket, I heard. <laughs> no, no. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. 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 So you were yeah you were using your arm muscles by taking that garbage out. So just. Everyday life, um, putting the dishes up, you know, you're, you're using your shoulders. You're opening the cabinets. You're putting the dishes in. You're taking the dishes out. Everything you do in your home is a workout. If you think about it, when you, when you brush your teeth, if you want to, you can stand on one leg for balance. Good idea. Yeah. I'm sorry. Good idea. Yeah. 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 Or you can do squats while you, (laughs) while you brush your teeth. Put in your laundry way. Yep, you put in your laundry way, you can do that. Mm-hmm. Down in the dryer and get up and down and, yeah. That's true, yeah. Make your bed. Make it, yeah, everything you do in your house, it, it's a workout. And the other thing I say is get a buddy. So if you have a buddy, if you're, you know, call your friend, call your buddy and say, hey, Amanda, I heard Amanda come in, you know, uh, let's, uh, let's get together at, you know, such and such time and uh, walk. Even when you're on the phone, if you, even if you're not in the same state or if you're in the same state and you guys are close by, you know, come on over and we'll do a walk or, or zoom in and we'll do, we'll be on Zoom and we'll walk. I'll walk my neighborhood and you walk your neighborhood. You know, you're still together. You've got the buddy system going on, which is wonderful, you know, and that, that helps a lot. That also keeps you accountable of your lifestyle journey. But don't be hard on yourself. So if Amanda calls me and I say, oh, man, Amanda, I can't do it today, you know. <laughs> she might she might guilt me into it <laughs> and say, you got to, you know. But don't be too hard on yourself and just say, well, I can't do it today, but we'll get back together tomorrow, you know. But the buddy system is awesome to do, you know. That, that's, that really helps a lot. 
you guys have some questions for me? I mean, I've talked a lot about, you know, lifestyle journey, buddies. Um. <laughs> How did it happen, Leslie? This is Debbie Green. Mm-hmm. How did it happen that you came to love working out? Oh, boy. It's got such a negative connotation. I wish I could say that. Uh, I love love that. Yeah. I'm a big walker. I like, I have a treadmill at my house, but I like walking anywhere I can, grab friends, whatever. Well, walking is wonderful. Walking is right up there with, with, um, you know, pretty much everything. Walking is great for you. So that's wonderful. I I have to say, and this is this is kind of a cliche because you know we're all on the, on the American Council of the Blind, and you guys are with Greater Louisville. But before I got involved, well, before I met Dan, I lived in Las Vegas, and I really was I was in that low vision, fake it till you make it kind of stage, you know, mm-hmm. and, yeah. uh, <laughs> with my low vision, and didn't really really um, get into the blindness world until I met Dan, and. Mm-hmm. So living in Las Vegas, I, I always worked out. That's what my friends did. They'd pick mm-hmm. me up. We'd go to three classes a day. Um, wow. Yeah. So we we were belonged to three different gyms. We we were gym snobs. We we went to all three gyms. Uh, Golds. There was another one we went to. And then we went to another one. So we went to three classes a night. So by the time the night was over, we were we were pretty tired. But yeah. that's what we did, and I I just loved it. I just you know that was. That was my thing, and then I always wanted to teach, um, but I was I was skeptical because of my vision. And mm-hmm. you know, Dan's my my hero, my cheerleader. And he said when we got married, he said, "What do you want to do with your life?" You know, and I said, <laughs> "I really, really want to be an aerobic instructor and be a personal mm-hmm. trainer." Is what the, I started with with the two. Now I have about ten certifications. Um, and he said, "Well, you should do it." And I'm like, "Oh my gosh." No, I can't do it. No, who's going to, you know, hire me, blah, blah, blah. He said, well, just try it, you know. So uh, I said, okay. I So, you know, it's a lot of hard work, but, you know, I've, I've been teaching over 25 years, um, wow. and I love it. You know, I just love working out. It makes me feel good. The endorphins kick in, um, you know, so it's, it's in my blood. I can't go on vacation and not work out. I, I uh, We were just down in the Keys, and... Dan's so funny. He goes to the gym with me, but he can't work out due to health issues. Um, he can just walk. So we walk uh-huh. the streets. But when I said, so we go, he takes me to the gym and he like watches. <laughs> <laughs> Does that count? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what somebody else asked at this time. They said, can he be my children? And I said, well, yeah, I guess I could hire him out for you, you know. <laughs> So, but I, I think it's just in you. You know, you you either yeah. love, you know, you get to love it or or, or tolerate it. You know. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's That's fun. Wonderful. I want to move yeah. in that direction for sure. There, there you go. I'm proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! <laughs> so let me talk a little bit about. Uh, yeah. Hi, Carla. How are you feeling? Um, well, well, better. Um, you sound a little better. Yes. It's got to get better. Um, yeah, amen. <laughs> you ran, you ran your own gym, right, for quite some time. Yes, I had my own my own um, women's gym for five years. So at the very end, my vision was getting worse. Um, I have retinitis pigmentosa. Oh, so at the end, um, 
I was teaching step and I was teaching everything. And at the end at one of the gyms, they were saying, you know, um, liability issues. We're not sure about you teaching and we're not sure about you doing this and that. And I'm like, I'm like, well, gosh, I don't, you know, I told Dan, Dan, I talked about it. And I said, that's not really right for them to say that, you know, from the ADA law. And he said, well, they can't fire you. You know, we'll sue them if they fire you. And we're not sue people, but, you know, we're like, um, you know, we'll work on, you know, work on getting it resolved. But I said, why well, instead of that and all that hassle, why don't I just open my own gym and then I have my own rules? <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah. So we um, opened my own gym and it was called Get Fit. It was G-I-T-F-I-T. So Get Fit, we called it. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, And it was only women, and it was very, it's a very small boutique gym in my shopping center. Um, Well, it's not my shopping center, but it's close to me. And um, I could walk to it, so no transportation was needed. And it was just a wonderful, wonderful experience. It taught me about relationships, it taught me business, um, taught me how to promote things and finances. So we had it for five years. Um, then the, you know, um, things were happening. It got harder to get people to do it. And then also we had a hurricane happen and another bigger gym came in the shopping center where I was and they, they kind of took some of my clientele. So we were just like, it's, this is enough. So, um, so for the, after the five years, we closed. So. Um, but it was a blessing, mm. and then when I closed, I brought all my equipment to my house. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> so Dan was still working um, uh, at Siemens, which was Westinghouse Siemens. He was still working, and I said, can I bring all the equipment to our house and make the house a gym? <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. So sure. I tell you guys, I have the best husband in the world. So, um and he said, sure, you can do it, you know. So I said, okay, great. So we had no furniture, and uh, we brought the treadmills and the ellipticals in our dining room. And we brought the um, equipment. I had five pieces of equipment that I kept, and we brought those in our, we call, I guess you guys, we have a Florida room, it's called. So it's kind of like a uh, room. great room. Yeah, room. yeah. Like, yeah. Uh-huh. So we brought all the equipment in there. So five pieces of equipment were in that room. And then in my living room was where I did classes. Oh, and then in the back room, I had six cycling bikes. So my house was really, really like a gym. Oh, see. (laughs) Now, this has been a long time ago. This was in 09 when we closed the gym. So now um, I don't have, I have just the treadmills and ellipticals in my dining room. So everything else has been sold. But yeah. every, everybody's aged out, too. So now they're – let me tell you where they are now because they're all in their 80s now. They're in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> so I got certified in aqua because they kept saying, you know, we're going to age out, and we're not going to be able to do all this hard stuff that you're having us do. We want to go to the pool. So I got certified in aqua, so now I teach them in the pool. Oh, wow. Year, oh, year. my goodness. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. So that was really fun. So um, – and then half the year, they kind of walk with me, and they mainly have coffee. So, <laughs> But, yeah, it was fun to bring everything to the house. And I still kept my clients because I still trained. Um, I trained like I did at the gym. I had like a 3 o'clock, a 4 o'clock, a 5 o'clock, and then I would teach class at 7. 
and yeah, so it was pretty much the same schedule as I had at the gym. I would have classes at nine in the morning and then, um, cause Dan wasn't here. So, it was, you know, he was working. So then, um, my mother came to live with us for a little bit. And so we had to sell all the, all the um, equipment and give up the training and all that. So, but we kept the pool. They, you know, that's when I got certified in aqua and they said, Hey, how about going to the pool? So we all went to the pool for a while. So we still go to the pool. Um, in the morning in the summer so and we try and stretch it out we start about april and we try and stretch it out to october we get one day in october just to say we've made it to october (laughs) (laughs) do you still teach classes each day i have i have five ladies that still come around um half the year they are very very faithful when we do aqua because they're all in their late 70s and 80s. And um, I right now, they're very iffy. Now, this month, they'll be really, really good because it's January and they want to get back in shape. And then they'll fade off <laughs> until we get to the pool. <laughs> but they come yeah. over and have coffee. They always call me and we always, they always want to do coffee. Coffee is always in. So, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> so, it's fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well. Yeah. It's a good time. But but then now I teach on ACB community, so that's where I was going to go with that. So um, when I gave everything up and got aqua certified, I was so blessed to have COVID. I know that's funny saying that. Sorry, Carla. <laughs> but, and, and we've all had it, and it's not fun to have. So But um, we were blessed with COVID, and ACB community made the community platform, and Cindy and Dan and Eric asked me if I would teach on ACB community. Um, yeah. I started out with yoga, and oh. now I teach every day, and I teach twice at night, um, the first Monday of the month and the third Thursday of the month. And I am so blessed because I get to use my um, training, my teaching still, because yeah. I wasn't using it with my girls because they're 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 pretty much done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I'm so blessed, um, I, you know, and, and I get to teach to blind and visually impaired people also because I never taught to blind and visually impaired people in my life, my whole life, mm. teaching the whole 25 years yeah, until, wow. until COVID happened, until ACB happened. Mm. I mean, I taught at conventions, you know, each year, but day to day, I never taught to blind and visually impaired people. So mm. it's really been exciting and inspirational to me and it's really opened up my teaching um my learning and teaching i have to teach so differently mm-hmm. because i'll start doing something on my class you know like i today uh we did something in cardio and i'm like because we did balance after and i was just doing it and they're like hey mm-hmm. let's, are you just doing it and i'm like oh yeah wait wait i need to tell you guys sorry so i sometimes still forget you know i have to really really describe it and stuff but it's it's really helped me with my teaching technique. So it's a ble- it's been such a blessing to me, you know, the community. And it's wonderful. Um, I know Patty with CCLVI, um, they do a lot on there, too, on the community. It's, it's just been a great platform for people, I think. Okay. Anybody else? Why don't you tell us your contact information and the classes that you do? Just go over those again so we know. Okay, sure. So can I give that on Zoom? Is that okay? Yes. Okay. Sure. So my email is my name, L-E-S-L-I-E, 
S-P-O-O-N-E, at C-F-L, so catfranklima.rr.com. My phone number is 407-678-4163. So it's 407-678-4163. You can call me anytime. Just don't call me after 10. And and then I teach um, on ACB community every day at 4 except Fridays at 3.30 because it's happy hour cardio. (laughs) So that's why it's at 3.30. So Monday is easy chair yoga. Uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays are resistance, but, and Wednesday is the ball, uh, yoga on the ball, and Friday is happy hour cardio. The first Monday of the month at 7.30 p.m. Eastern is circuit training, where we do cardio and weights in between. Um, and then the third Thursday of the month is happy hour cardio at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. And those are my calls. I hope you all have enjoyed this. Yes, thank you very much. Well, thank you for having me. Happy New Year to everybody. This has been great. Thank you. If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind or you need information on resources for people with vision loss, call us at 502-895-4598 or email us at kcb at kentucky-acb.org. Sound Prince is a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind and is heard each week on ACB Radio Mainstream at acbradio.org, Central Kentucky Radio I at radioi.org, and the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. Complete schedule information is also available on the website. Sound Prince is underwritten by the Louisville Downtown Lions Club, and by the American Printing House for the Blind. This is Carla Rushable for Sound Prints. Have a great week, everybody.